The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. church. Wow, what an honor and a privilege to just share here today and to share on the ministry of helps. Well, let's just pray. Father, we thank you this morning. I pray let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart receptive to receive. We thank you, Lord, that even right now that you anoint my tongue as the pen of a ready writer, that I may speak divinely inspired by you and you alone. We thank you for 10,000 members strong, and we thank you for the structure to carry it and to care for every portion of it, every angle. And as we continue to not only be a local church, but a local church with a global vision, one church, many locations. And we thank you for preparing us for the great harvest of souls and for the days ahead. And we thank you for it even now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. So. This morning, we just we have a privilege of sharing on the ministry of helps and what it takes to run every facet of the ministry. As we look around, we see many different areas. We've seen security. We've seen a demonstration of that, as Pastor Kenneth said. See the swiftness, the eliteness of it. <laughs> we have the ushers this morning, the ushers ministry. We have media. And there's somebody right now being touched because someone's behind the camera right now. Let me just ask this question. How many people are here this morning because they were watching the broadcast? Whether they were watching, just raise your hands for a second. Because you were watching whether on CTN, any one of the broadcast channels, just keep your hands lifted for a second. Everyone who's here because they were tuned in at some point in some time. Now, if media, all those who are in the camera can just look at those hands, just keep your hands up, that there are people that are here today have come to Bible school, have become a member of the church because you don't know if you were the one who was capturing that angle when the Lord touched them and spoke to them. So if you just take a moment that you might be thinking, I'm just a person sitting behind a room or I'm just sitting behind a camera, look at the hands that are lifted here today. Look at the hands that are here because you captured an angle by the anointing and God has ministered to those people and they're here today to do their assignment. We've seen it where people who have come here and are now members here simply because of the ministry of helps. People who, when they were greeted by a greeter, just a handshake, they knew immediately by the, how their hands were shaked by the anointing that this was the church for them. Many can come in and say, yes, there was a great message. I heard a great message from Pastor Rodney and I came. But when they come to the river at Tampa Bay Church, they receive from that message from every single one of us that it's not just the heart of Pastor Rodney, but everyone here, every member at the River at Tampa Bay Church has captured the heart of our pastor. That it's not a different experience from the pulpit, but they expect it, whether they come through registration, amen, 
hallelujah, whether they've come from the greeters, whether it's because when they received a, a, a bulletin or they received a newspaper, they can say, I encountered somebody and I knew that this was my church. Sometimes even as a greeter, you could say, well, I'm just shaking hands and welcoming people. But what you may not know is that that person, every time that a hand was extended to them, was an abusive hand. The only hand that has ever been extended to them was an abusive hand. And the moment that somebody extended a hand to them here, they can say, I felt the touch of God. I looked in that person's eyes and I saw the touch of God as a greeter. When I came and I, I walked in and I, I met an usher. I didn't have to get my steps in today. I didn't get 10,000 steps trying to find a seat. But there were ushers who were able to direct me directly to a seat, and I was sitting in such a place that I can point back to that seat where I was touched in that service. That I, I might have felt like I wanted to be hiding somewhere, but they took me and they said, no, there's a, there's a seat for you. And they placed me in a seat, and I can go back to that seat and know that God touched me in that seat. Then you talk about the children's ministry. Amen. There are so many children here today who are even coming to Bible school today because of the children's ministry. In the nursery, that there is such an ability to care that there is an anointing to care for those young ministers that are coming up. That there are people in Bible school and those that are being launched even into ministry that have come through the nursery, that have been impacted, that have been touched. That if the anointing had not been placed on them, they would be running into the things of the world. But they have no desire because even in the nursery, the fire of God touched them there. Three-year-olds praying in tongues. You talk about from three to fives, even into the six to twelves, going into the youth program, invading the high schools and the middle schools, amen, setting the schools ablaze, that they're not just there now as a resistance force, as an occupation, even in the school system, but they are anointed right there in the high schools, that they are restraining force because of that ministry. I remember even once there was a young man who served in the Ministry of Helps. He actually, he served in the Unite Department, which Pastor Cheryl leads that department right now. And when he came into the Ministry of Helps and he served in the Unite Department, he was terrified of children. <laughs> you would have thought that the kids were running around with a scare mask and razor blades or something, the way he was terrified. He said, little, they're like little people. They terrify me. They scare me. <laughs> I said, what do you mean they terrify you? He's like, I don't know. They just creep me out. I, little hands, little feet. They're always touching stuff, doing things. <laughs> and he was terrified. Ask him, do you want to get married? Yes. Kids. Well, I get along with my siblings, but outside of that, it just creeps me out. Guess where you're going to go? You're going to go to the kids. The most patient, one of the most patient people, we had a, an inside joke when it came to him. We say, hey, the building's burning. Because nothing would unearth him. He was just so calm, just so gentle. So when he went to the kids' ministry, at first he was freaked out, but never say you have a fear around here. You'll get put in a position where the fear will break. <laughs> You're going to get put in a position so that fear gets dealt with. I know that personally because when I came, even before I came to Bible school, I, 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 the moment I got saved, something happened to me. I wouldn't serve anybody. And I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that because I wasn't saved then. I mean, friends would come over, they would hang out with me as a kid, and my mom would ask me, they've been here all day. Have you given them anything to eat? Mm -mm. <laughs> Why not? Well, they, they've seen where I got stuff. The fridge is right there. 
I had no desire to serve. And you know why? Because the greatest servant of all wasn't living on the inside of me. That's why I have a very hard time understanding when someone who is saved has no desire to serve. That means you've been fighting the Holy Ghost. You've been fighting the greatest servant. Because I know that the day that I got served, the very first thing I wanted to do was find somewhere to plug in. I wanted to find something to do, some way to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. The greatest servant of all came and lived on the inside of me. And he, it, it was not his desire to live small. It was his desire to live big on the inside of me. In that moment was the desire to pour out whatever it was, whatever there was an opportunity to do, wherever it was. And someone say, well, you know, I, I, I'm more of this, or I'm more of that. The servant be the greatest of them all. Before I just get into this passage, I want to pose this, which will rattle some cages, which is totally fine. Some have been rattled already for the day. <laughs> if you were to walk into a building and you were looking at just people watching, you will find there's a person that you will find with the most keys on them. Who will that person be? It won't be the CEO. You'll find a janitor, janitorial. He has the most keys. With that comes the greatest trust. He's often the person that most people will look down on. But if he shuts down his operation, nobody will want to be in that building. Same thing in housekeeping, right? You find the most keys. But when you hear that the servant will be the greatest of them all, and you look at something, you find the servant being put in a position to get the most keys spiritually. That's right. That's right. Access. Access. He gets the most access spiritually, making no reputation of himself. I'll look at our pastor and he'll serve in any capacity. Still pick up, and it's his ministry that, that he stewards. He doesn't have to pick up paper on the floor. He doesn't have to do any of these things. He doesn't have to make sure anything is done. But at the head of this ministry, I look at a general, a man of God, who is not beyond repute of, hey, there's something. I'm going to pick it up, or I'm going to put it in place. That servant will receive the most keys. One word from someone puts some light years ahead. No one will ever ask him, what is he doing there? If the vice president was in the president's office, Unannounced, he'd say, what are you doing here? But he'll never ask the janitor, what are you doing here? Why? Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 28. And God said in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, Governments, diversity of tongues. Helps ministry is not a volunteer ministry. There's an anointing for it. The helps ministry is not a volunteer ministry. You're a minister. You're called to minister in that area. Every one of us are called to minister in that area. And if you say that 
any one of those positions are beneath us, then the pulpit is too far away from us. If vacuuming the floor or cleaning anything in the sanctuary is too far beneath you, then ministering to God's people is too far beyond you. There's an anointing to do it. You can't respect one side of the anointing and disrespect the other side of it and expect that the anointing will flow uninhibited in your life. It flows through every single area. There is that anointing for the ministry of helps to flow. You look at, like, for instance, the ushers being in the service, having to flow with the man of God, flowing with Pastor Rodney, knowing, putting a demand on the anointing. Lord, I'm here to be a help. Tell me where he's moving. Tell me what he's about. Tell me where you're sending him so that way it doesn't become a disruption, that I'm in the flow to assist. Tell me who you're touching right now so I'm right there before he calls them out. I'm already in position to bring them out. Security. Tell me, Lord, show me what's happening in the services. If there's about to be a disruption, tell me. Show me how to remove that without your people being distracted of what you're doing. I want to flow with you. The ministry of helps, especially here. The word of the Lord for this ministry was 10,000. 10,000 strong. And sometimes you can look and you say, 20% is doing 80% of it. And then you hear the, the statements where it go, hey, you know what? You, you missed a powerful service today. What an amazing service. Man, it sucks that you were in the nursery. Well, they, you know, you say, why were you in the nursery again for the third week? Don't ask them that question. Plug into the nursery so they didn't have to be in for the third week. It's like the 80-20 rule. You missed it today. Where were you? I was tending to parking. But how many people love it that when you come into a service here, you don't have to worry about your car as you're giving, somebody else is receiving your car. <laughs> Bless God, I was given, stepped out, and somebody received my car. You don't have to worry about that here. Why? There are anointed men and women of God who are serving in that ministry, protecting God's people. But of course, then you hear moronic statements like, well, if you just trust God, you wouldn't need security. Tell that to David who had armor bearer. Tell it to Nehemiah, building with one hand, weapon in the other. Why do you need guards for? God's people are divinely protected. So there's an anointing for that security ministry. There's an anointing for that usher. There's an anointing when it comes down to the culinary department. And say, what do you, I went to the culinary department and they have me washing dishes. Just pretend it's Jesus' dishes because he's the head of the church. And you wash that thing 
Like Jesus just ate on it, and he's about to have another meal on it. You wash it. But you know, pride often, more than seldom, will always be discovered in an area. Well, I think I'm better than that. Well, that's exactly where you need to be. I remember one time there was a young lady who was in the Bible school who served in the media department. And while in the media department, she wanted out of the media department. And the reason she wanted out of the media department, she said, nobody gets to see me back there. I need to be a greeter where I can be seen. Well, that's not something you say. That causes a smile with a smirk. No, she didn't leave that department. But the Lord broke that off of her. And you know where she graduated? At the top of a class. It was a valedictorian of a class. Because the helps ministry is a supernatural ministry with its own supernatural anointing to serve God by serving your pastor and others. And the acronym for helps is having enough. Say it with me, enough. Enough. Enough loving people serving. How many loving people are here today? Hallelujah. Having enough loving people serving. When you have enough loving people serving, it means that the burden, it is not a burden. It will never be a burden. The helps ministry is not a burden. As long as everyone is pitching in, then guess what? It is never a burden. It only becomes a burden when the few have to carry the masses. But I want you to know that you, from the day that you accepted the Lord as Savior, the moment Jesus came into your heart, you received the ability, you received that anointing to serve. Amen. You received it. It's there. It's there already on the inside of you. And in John chapter number 13 and 35, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That word know is yada, which means knowing by experience. People will experience the love of God through you as you serve and know that you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand that through your serving, you are demonstrating that love? That love is made visible. That love is now being made visible and experienced by others. It's no longer just tucked in. I see you drowning. I love you, though. I love you. I love you to that last bubble. Till that last bubble comes up, I love you. I love you. Oh, I love you. Help me. I love you. I love you. No. There's got to be an action behind saying that I love you. There's an action behind saying I love the Lord, and I'm tending to the things of the Lord's house. When I do it, I'm not doing it as unto men. I'm doing it as unto the Lord. I'm pouring everything out in me because of what he's done for me. And I'm going to make sure that everything in his house is taken care of and it's done not to perfection, but it's done in excellence. When you look here at everything that the Lord has done with Pastor Rodney at the helm, you will find nothing done shabby. There's nothing done mediocre. Everything done in excellence. That's not just for him. 
We sit under the very same anointing. It's the very same anointing that we serve and we serve in excellence. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. And you can, you can serve without loving because you can be compensated for it. You ask servers sometimes in some places and they tell you, yeah, I serve here, but I don't like it. The pay is good though. I make good money. But you cannot love without serving. You can serve without loving, but you cannot love without serving. Because the Lord always, always, always takes care of his people. He always does. If you think about it, even now, the groundskeeping crew. When you step on the premises, you don't find tumbleweeds running across. It looks like somebody laid down with a nice little scissor and put everything in line like a giant bonsai tree. Just every blade of grass in order. Why is that? It's the Lord's property. It's the Lord's property. Amen. Every bit of it, pristine. You come and you look at the trees, you're like, man, look at these palm trees. It's amazing. Why? Because there are many that are skilled, but they're not willing. I say it again, there are many that are skilled, but they're not willing. Because the fact of the matter actually is that for some of us, our treasure is actually our time. Our treasure is actually our time. We'll say, I'll give money, have someone else do it. I'll send somebody else to have them do it. Said, no, no, no. Give me your time. No, not my time. That's the treasure. So I've broken into giving. How about breaking into the giving of our time? Breaking into the giving of your time. Because your time, what are you paid for? You're paid for your time, your giftings, and your talents. These are things that you never had to, you never would train. Your time, he gave it to you. Your gifting, he gave it to you. Your talents, he gave it to you. That's raw gold. That is raw gold that we've been given. Our time, our giftings, and our talents. How much did you pay for your time? Because on a job, what are you paid for? You're compensated for your time. Then they waver and, and measure it now on how your giftings are. Then they waver on your talents and how far your possibility of where you can take that organization. Because you're not hired on your resume. Your resume simply gets you a seat at the table to be interviewed. That's what it gets you. A seat to be interviewed to hear your potential of what you can do. What is the potential on the inside of you of what God has anointed you to do for the kingdom? Think about that. Sign me up. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to serve. Because there are some things on the inside of me. And this is the, this right here as we prepare for 10,000 strong. 10,000 strong. 
that you have the divine ability already placed on the inside of you to say, Lord, count me in. I'm ready. What's my role? What's my position? I have some giftings. I have some talents that you've developed on the inside of me. I'm not letting it go to waste. I'm here. That's the thing about our river members. We're not sitters. We're a bunch of doers. We're active for the kingdom of God. We're active in doing the things of the ministry. We're actively serving. It's already on the inside of each and every one. It's there. It's absolute there. But then you have the purpose. The purpose is to bring in a harvest of souls into a loving and a productive church. And our purpose is to help bring the vision to pass. You look at it as we're on our way to 100 million souls. Everyone linking arms. Everyone linking arms. We're bringing the purpose to pass. But as everyone comes in, there's got to be the helps. God won't bring in what we're not able to facilitate and to be effective and to handle in excellence. But I will decree it or not. Let's, I'll decree it, even declare it right now. Helps ministry will not be the thing that will delay the growth. It will absolutely not. Because there are people here right now in this hour, right now in this building, who are so committed to this vision that will pour themselves out and replicate themselves. Amen. Are they here today? Yeah. Are we here today? Because our purpose is to help bring our pastor's visions to pass and helping the pastors accomplish God's commission. Because when you serve, you share in the effort of achieving the goal of the church and you share in the reward for helping the pastor accomplish God's commission. Right now, we're all getting the harvest in Ghana. We never had to board a flight, but we're all getting the harvest. Somebody, like, my gosh, pastor's over there. I'd love to have flown over there. You're here. Doesn't matter if you're in the stall wiping it down, clearing the floor, whatever it may be. The reward is the same. The reward is the same. You never had to deal with jet lag. Praise God. You were in your own bed. Hallelujah. You were right here at the river at Tampa Bay Church, getting a harvest here and getting a harvest there. Hallelujah. You are not left out at all. Once you're plugged in, you're also plugged in to receive of the very same reward. You're getting the same reward. Somebody says, I'm double dipping. Yes. I'm receiving on both sides of the Atlantic right now. And God is totally fine with it. And he wants everyone to be able to receive on both sides of it. First Samuel, chapter number 30, and verse 24 to 25, says, For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth with the stuff. They shall part alike. And it was so from that day forward that he made it a statue and an ordinance for Israel unto that day. The word part also translates to inheritance. The same inheritance. Listen to that. So if we were to substitute the word part and make it inheritance, it will say, for who will hearken? And hearken doesn't just mean hearing it. It means to hear it and act on it. So who will hear it and act on it unto you in this matter? But as his inheritance is that goeth down to battle, so shall his 
inheritance be that tarrieth with the stuff. But the word tarrieth also speaks on commitment. Who will remain committed with the stuff? Because the inheritance is there for those who will tarry with the stuff. Those who will commit, those who will hold fast, ground zero, right here. Hold on to the the vision of the ministry. Say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm here to serve. There will not be one little piece of paper that I see floating around. Whether I'm plugging in on the maintenance crew, whether I'm in housekeeping, I'm going to wipe that porcelain throne down just like it was Jesus sitting on it. I shine it so it will glisten. You can turn the lights off and it will light the whole bathroom up. No, I remember one time when (laughs) I think we were helping in the kitchen one time and I was just washing dishes. As a pastor, we were in there washing dishes. You know, the thought would come, look at them. The students are over there just talking and you're washing dishes. You know what I said? Bless God, I'm going to keep doing it till you shut up. Because titles don't make anyone exempt from servitude. Titles don't make anyone exempt from serving. Not in one bit. Well, you know, I'm a CEO. Okay, go to your mother's house and she tells you, pick this up. Mother, you know I'm a CEO. What what does that mean to her? Pick it up. Because God's not, he doesn't respect anybody's titles. Moses, his friend, face to face they would speak, but never made it to the promised land. Titles, he gives those. He doesn't respect them. So this one, you know, you hear people say, well, I'm, I, I, I'm not doing that. Look at me. I, you, you know who I am? Somebody, please. Does anybody know who they are? Can we get a, a psychiatrist in here? Because they're asking Does anybody know who, do you know who I am? I don't, but let's find somebody quickly. Does anybody know them? (laughs) If you're suffering from dementia, that's totally fine. You can get healed for that. Pastor Ryan's here with healing school. (laughs) Doesn't matter who we are. Because we're children of the most high. We're children first before servants. We serve out of our sonship. We serve out of that relationship. We serve out of that intimacy. Before we were children of God, we weren't serving God in any capacity. So now that we're his children, we should want to serve in every capacity that he would so and pry or press upon us. You know, Pastor Sharnay tells a story. She, She wasn't a chef before, but she saw a place and she saw a spot that was open and said, God, there's a gap there. I'm not going to leave that open. I'm not leaving that open. Why should should I wait for someone else to do it? Why should I wait? Who would we wait for? The other person who's also waiting for someone to do it. No, absolutely not. You talk of like the, the, the hospitality department. Those who are serving, serving the men and women of God that come in, that fly in, that sit, they never have to worry about it. Pastor Christian, with all the decor and everything, there are people with that gifting that can come and lift her hands. 
that can come and serve in that area. All the decor and helping with that and plates, all the different things that could be done. Come to help. Not take over, but come to help. Because you, <laughs> see, laughs, she's like, Because you, whether you know it or not, the ministry of helps is like the farmer's market. What do you do when you get to the farmer's market? People are always poking, shaking. Pastor Jennifer, you know that. They're testing the fruit. Is this ripe? Is it soft enough? So I call the ministry of helps the farmer's market. Do you know why? Because when people say, Oh, no, I, I, that fruit is, I'm perfected in that fruit. My patience, my love walk. Just come serve. And then that fruit is tested. People want to see. <laughs> they start poking. They start, start tweaking. Start saying, ah, 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 can, can I? I? I remember I was serving. <laughs> Before I came into Bible school, I was serving in bus ministry. And as I was serving in bus ministry, <laughs> I remember it was my first day. Man, people were going off. They didn't like the, the amount of time of the service would go, pretty much like today. And they were complaining about the, the services, kind of like what we've seen today. And they were on, on the bus, and I had to drive them. And they were going off. And I, I was like, I can't deal with this. I jumped off of the bus, and I saw the pastor that was over outreach at the time. And I, I, was, I was like, pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> Pray for me. Lay hands on me, Pastor John. Pray for me. And he started laughing. See, I thought I was patient till then. I thought my love walk was, was great till then. Till it started getting poked. Till people started shaking something. Is this, can you hear this avocado? Is it right? <laughs> Take a bite in this apple. Is it, is it sweet? We can always say our love walk is perfect when we're hiding behind doors, when we're not serving. But the moment you get out there, that's when the love should be demonstrated. Amen? But when we serve it, we have to be faithful with it. We have to remain committed. Commitment. 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 Our God is faithful. We shouldn't serve him with nothing less than his faithfulness flowing through us. Amen? Amen? The importance. There is an importance to each area. 1 Corinthians 12 and 26. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. All parts of the body are important. One cannot operate without the other. You know, we, when you talk of one part equating to the impact of every part, you can look from the aspect of, I'll ask a question. What's your favorite part of your house, if you just think for a minute, that you love to bring people to? If you were to bring them to your house, you say, I want to show you this. This is my favorite part of the house. Someone say, I want to show you my sunroom. I want to show you my kitchen. Somebody say, my man cave. Come see my man cave. Some will say, hey, I want to show you the layout of my living room. You know, very seldom anybody ever says, come, let me show you my bathroom. Come, come. Come. Nobody ever puts a demand on it. Till, till a demand is placed on your bathroom. Hey, can I use your bathroom? One second. Hold on a second. It's off. Hold one second. 
And then it sounds like power tools are going off. <laughs> Everything cut. You, you hear pills being put up, all kinds. Everything is happening. You know why? Because that's about to be the representation of you in your house. That's about, if one part suffers, all parts suffers with it. So if that bathroom looks like Vietnam happened in it, then you know what's going to happen? Every person, they're always going to remember you after that bathroom. If someone comes in, <laughs> I got to use the restroom at the River Church. Ah, when they get back into the service, I promise you, the anointing could fall and people could get stuck to the roof. They're still in the bathroom. They're trying to figure out what happened there. Did you see the mess in that? And if it's someone who looks to be, is coming here and God's going to, God's going to touch them. They're going to say, is this how they treat God's house? This is, this is how they said they serve the most high God. And it, and it looks like that. It wouldn't matter what the message was. You ever went to a restaurant? And I mean, you've known them to be top-notch. The food is good, the reviews. And you walked into the restroom. And when you went back, you were trying to find, you see your waiter, you look at his hands. Did he go to that restroom? Because even the water looks like it. <laughs> ah, yeah. You're like, this is a five-star. Like, five-star, don't come back. What kind of star is this? If I can give it a negative five, I would. What? Because your mind is not no longer on the meal. You're looking at the server. You're wondering, I hope he didn't go in there. See, it's the same thing. Someone walks into the house of God, and things are in a disarray. Then guess what? The word is being preached. They're, they might as well still be wherever they were. Because now they're not even receiving then they're thinking, maybe if I need to use the bathroom, I don't go there anymore. So then they decide, I'm going to go down to the Circle K. I'm going to use the bathroom there, Subway. <laughs> and then, well, since I'm already around the corner, maybe I just keep going. I just go to my house. Yeah, yeah, I'll just go home. Yeah, I'll just go home and use the bathroom and finish watching the service there. Because people are still moved by their five senses. That's right. People are still moved by their five senses senses. So when you think about a housekeeping, someone says, well, I don't want to do that. No, 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 no. We want to do that. Nobody's beyond that. Everyone has a part to play in there. Hallelujah. You talk about the photography, the photographers walking around taking pictures. Somebody's like, why are they taking pictures? Why are they taking pictures? Capturing what God is doing. Capturing in, in the best way by the anointing that somebody looks at that and gets touched. Somebody looks at a picture of somebody yes. being filled with the joy, yes. and all of a sudden, depression breaks out of them. They're half the world away, but yet the power of the Holy Ghost captured in that film, that breaks off of that person. Next thing you know, they're saying, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. There's something there that God has for me, and I'm coming to receive it. Amen. See, you got a young baby that's sitting there, comes out of a problematic family, don't know nothing else but comes, and has a loving hand to care for them. 
a deposit's made on the inside of them. You may be saying, I'm done with kids. I'm past that. No, it's time to pour out. It's time to pour out. You know, obesity in both areas are bad. Just always receiving but never pouring out. Just, But you know, even like discipleship works the same way. It works the same way. Receive for what? What are you going to do with it? Well, it's just for my braininess. No, it's not for your braininess. Well, you know, I just, I'm more of a sitter. Um, I never find anything where he says to sit, just sit. No, be active, be doers, goers, hand lifters, hand lifters. You look at what happened with Aaron and her, lifting Moses' hands. Have we been standing? Yes. Have we been standing? Yes. We've been standers, not sitters. But we've been lifting Pastor Rodney's hands. And let me ask you, as a byproduct of lifting his hands, who would say that over the last, how, last three years, just look at the last three years, your life has been radically impacted and jumped levels? Oh, that was weak. Because there, there is no one here who can say that their life is worse off for the last three years. Our lives have been radically touched, radically impacted, have superna- has been folded upon folded. When you open it up, it has blossomed beyond levels. Lifting his hands and lifting the vision. Nobody's life has gone down. If somebody says that, we, we can always take you out. One of the three to fives that have been effectively trained, Pastor Granny has seen to it, that they can cast the devil out of you. <laughs> Just take them right over to three to fives. <laughs> but by lifting his hands, there's nothing but victory. Amen. Grabbing a hold of the vision, nothing but victory. And I say, but I have my own vision. Sure. But you know the thing about it, the Lord has visions like planes stacked up on a runway. But he's looking for the faithful. He's looking for the diligent because his visions are precious. Can we show ourselves faithful with another man's vision? There's no shortage of visions. They're like fighter planes on a runway waiting for a faithful, diligent, and one who operates an excellence pilot that God can give it to. Is that you? Who will say that's me? Because all parts of the body, any fingernail biters in here? Any fingernail biters? Anybody like biting their fingernails off? It's okay. It's not a trick question. Because we can count our fingernails as nothing. We just bite them all off. If you think that it doesn't really matter, I've got some like itching powder I want to throw on you. And then you'll realize as small as your fingernails are and as insignificant as you might think it is, the moment you need it and don't have it, uh, it just rose to number one in the ranks. 
Number one, it just went there. Oh, my nails. Can you scratch my back for me? Because it's important. There is no part that's a throwaway. Pastor Rodney has said it. For years upon years upon years, there are no unused, and there will be no unused members in the body of Christ. And I'll tell you what. If there is any unused, it's because people have jumped and thrown themselves into the unused box. They don't want to be used. But it's not because God doesn't have a, pos- a place for them. doesn't have a place for them. There's places. There's so many things to do here. You talk about the auto shop. Bus drivers. If you were... Find yourself, if you have a driver's license and you are a legal driver, we will confirm that, (laughs) and you don't have a past of Grand Theft Auto, and if you have and the Lord has redeemed you, we won't tempt you to back into that life again, lest we find the RMI bus sitting down in Key West. But you are driving in God's people. You are bringing in souls. You can look at it like I'm on Jesus' transportation ministry. Come on. Then you, you drive in and then you see a face that was so beaten down when it came, when they got on the bus, then all of a sudden you look at them and they're, they're crying and life is coming on the inside of them at the altar. The next thing you know, you see them, they're in Bible school. You said, wasn't that that person that we picked up and their life was falling apart and they were at the altar one day, then come the next, they're in Bible school. Then after that, you hear God's preparing to send them somewhere across the world. Then you go, I was the bus driver that day. I was driving the bus that day when the next... Hallelujah. What you don't know is they may have been the next Dr. Rodney. They might have been the next Ron Bunker. They might have been the next A.A. Allen. And you were the one that said, I have a driver's license and a clean driving record. Lord, use me. Use me. I don't want to wake up that early. Well, may your bed become so uncomfortable. And may your pillow be like brick. (laughs) 10,000 strong. And the structure and the ministry of helps to support it to grow. But we ought to serve with diligence, faithfulness, and excellence. Luke 16 and 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. You can't say, Lord, increase me with the little, you, the bigger things. I, I'm, I'm all for the bigger things. But what about the little things? You know, because the bigger things, everybody can see. And they can judge you. So he said, the little things, I could ignore that. But God's like, uh-uh, everybody else is paying attention to that. But I'm looking at that little speck at what you're doing with it. You ever had that thing where you just pick up that, been walking through, Wally World, and all of a sudden you pick up something you really think you're going to get, and then you get to the cashier, and then you're like, I don't really need this. And that still small voice says, take it to the back where you found it. (laughs) Take it back where you found it. (laughs) But Lord, I'm helping them be employed. (laughs) If I leave it there, somebody has to come take it back. 
But what he didn't know, he was testing your obedience. You know, even thieves <laughs> have the expectation of their devious counterparts operating in excellence, being faithful, <laughs> and being diligent. They want to know that the getaway driver is going to be there at the time that he needs to be. They want to know who they're scheming with is going to do their part and be faithful with their part. How can the heathen have an expectation that their partners are going to be faithful, but yet in the church, we don't want that expectation? Faithfulness would begin with us simply being where we're supposed to be at the time that we're supposed to be there, doing what we've... Lord, I'm here to be used. Okay, do that. No, that's too little. No, that's where you're going to start. My... Notice it says, eyes on the sparrow, not the elephant. <laughs> He's looking at it. He's paying attention. Faithfulness, diligence. And then we can't get, extract, get distracted because offenses do come. Many people can, the enemy will use an offense to get you out of the ministry of helps. Why? It's not a problem if it comes. You just don't have to take it. Somebody say, I don't know how. Well, if I throw a grenade at you, you'll know how not to take it because it's going to tear your life apart. It's the same thing with an offense. You've got to be able to get, nah, uh, uh, not today, not any other day. Why? Because the enemy knows that he can take you out with an offense. And if he takes you out with an offense, you're on the injured reserve list. You're not beneficial to anything. But the problem with offenses are this. Let's take the power out of it. It's you. No. It's an expectation that you have set on your, yourself on how you ought to be spoken to, how you ought to be acknowledged, and how you ought to be interacted with that was not met. But here's the alarm to it. Nobody knows your expectation on yourself that you've set about yourself. So the problem really is you. They didn't shake my hand the way that I was supposed to. Well, they didn't know you needed to shake your hand two times up, one time left, and one time back. <laughs> Nobody knows that. Did you have a sticker on saying how you ought to be greeted? I can't believe the usher didn't put me in the seat that I wanted. Did you come with that? No. But neither should the usher be offended at that. Why? Because you're the one who's anointed and bulletproofed to deal with every situation by the anointing. Amen. You're the one that's anointed. <gasps> I can't believe that parent showed up and they were upset that I called him the kid. No. It's like, the, like a teacher getting mad at a student. They're the, one that's, they're the one that's skilled to deal with everything on that spectrum. And so we are anointed to deal with everything. But don't get offended. If I were to ask the question, what is it that attracts bees to flowers? Some will say it's the pollen. Some will say it's, it's the honey. Some will say it's the smell. It's the nectar. It's something that can't even be seen, but it can be detected. So the thing that causes you to be offended when people come and offend you, it's actually you. And it's something on the inside of you like a magnetic polarity that attracts them. That's why regardless where you go, you'll still get offended. It's something hidden. And so you don't pull yourself out of serving. You stay 
there and said, I will remain where the Lord has put me till that thing is eradicated. Amen. Because offense is a sin, you right off the deep end, right into hell. I'm offended with you. Well, I'm glad it's you that offended with me and not me. I could just keep on walking free. On. Flap, flap, flap. <laughs> but don't get distracted because God rewards, rewards those who serve. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. In Proverbs 28 and verse 20, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Your faithfulness is necessary. Sometimes people say, well, I don't see the blessings flowing. Look at the level of faithfulness. Because the Bible says, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Amen. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. A faithful man. I'll look at our pastor. Faithful. Faithful. Listen, nobody would want to leave here. But he's faithful to what his calling and the assignment is. If we take a moment and say, this, do you think you really would want to leave this Sunday, the main event, to go do the assignment? But he's faithful. Faithful. And whatever the Lord asks of him, he's faithful to it. Whatever the Lord asks of you to do in this house, to lift the hands of the one that he's placed the vision on as the head of the house, be faithful with it. Be faithful with it. Then we'll have an opportunity to be faithful with it. I want to read this as we wrap up, and there was something we're going to do really quickly here. It said, in those days when Acts chapter number 7, verses 1 through 7 says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you, Seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. How many people here are of an honest report? Raise your hands. Hmm, I see qualification happening. Hallelujah. How many here are filled with the Holy Ghost? Hmm, I see qualification happening again. Hallelujah. And how many are filled with wisdom? Raise your hands. Hmm, I see it there. And here's the clue. If you say, well, I don't know if I don't have wisdom. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth liberally to all men and abradeth not. May wisdom come to you today in Jesus' name. And how many soul winners do we have here? How many soul winners? Hallelujah. The Bible says, he that winneth souls is? Hallelujah. I hear qualification all the way around. Glory to God. He says, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to pray unto the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased. Say it with me. And the word of God increased. And I love this verse. It says, And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. I wanted to look at it just in the message translation where it just puts it so simple like a bat to the head. The word of God prospered. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased dramatically. Not least, in a great many priests submitted themselves to the faith. Do we see that out of the ministry of helps, 
as it was instituted, it, it didn't come out of Ramah, by the way, the Ministry of Helps. It's always been there, all throughout the Bible. It didn't come out of some distant place. It's, it's there, Ministry of Helps. It was there. You go all the way back to the beginning, it was there. God instituted it. It wasn't something that somebody created. No. Look at Elijah and Elisha. You know the thing about it? God calls those who are busy doing something. Doing something. David was tending the sheep. Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was over on plowing the field. Twelve yoke of oxen. Everyone has an opportunity. And I believe many people don't step into what God has called them to do because they won't put themselves in the place of serving. They can't. They look to be served, but not to serve. No. We shall be all looking for a position saying, Lord, where is it that you want me to serve? Not a position to say of, of eminence or preeminence. I got to be in this place where I got to be seen. No, Lord, I, I don't even care what it is. I don't even care what it is, where, where you are. Peter gets the call. He's all on the boat. He's, what is he doing? Working. He's busy. He's busy. Somebody say, I have a job. Can you give one Sunday a month? Can you give four hours out of one month to the Lord? Could you do that? I want every department head to come here for a second. Every department head. I know some are probably coming from across. Should be here. Where's the kids' ministry, guys? Probably serving. Pastor Jordan has someone. Was someone from media coming as well? And we can look at every one of these departments. And I know the kids are got someone coming on the way, and the media's got someone coming on the way as well. And we got from Mr. Larson working with the grounds and the maintenance landscaping, every single bit of the detail, and even on the building project and everything with the pavilion. We got Ms. Natalie with registration. We got Ms. Kaylee here with hospitality. We got Ms. Erica with worship. There are people who are anointed with music instruments, but actually got offended at some point in time that said they never want to use their gift again to glorify God. Remember what we said about the offense. We got Pastor Julian with the outreach and bus ministry. The prison ministry. There are people who have a burden for these things here. Here, you have an opportunity to come and serve in that area. We got Pastor Charnay. I remember one time there was a gentleman who actually, in the membership class, actually the Lord just pointed out and said, you, you're, you're a chef. You're a gourmet chef. But you, won't, you don't want to use it. You're offended. And after the person, I don't know who it was. They grabbed him by the arms and said, did my wife tell you? I'm like, I don't know anything, brother. I'm just doing the class. Pastor Chris in hospitality. Pastor Chris would worship. Miss Yolanta, Mr. Merrick, I know you're with Eden Project and you're over the building project here as well. 
all these things. There are people with skill sets that can help. There are people with building abilities that can help. Pastor Derek and Pastor Cheryl. Pastor Derek with a lot of the development stuff. Pastor Cheryl with the Unite. And he pitched tents. <laughs> We've got the housekeeping department right here, tending to everything that you sit in on. Aren't you glad that you can come in and serve and you don't have to dodge bubble gum? <laughs> or peanut butter? Or making you question whether it is peanut butter? <laughs> and then you have the cloth ministry with Pastor Deanna. Then we've got Sean with security, who's demonstrated that, you know, his team is well equipped to handle every situation. And then we have Pastors Mark and Martha with El Rio, also with the translation department. Pastor Kenneth with administration, IT, all those different things. Everything that goes through here, the developments, everything on the grounds that is here. Pastor Kenneth. Just give him a round of a great thank you. And then we have Tony Gears, the mystery man in the dark room. No, I'm just kidding. With everything media. All those areas, whether you're talking to photography, web design, all these things are people who have a skill set for that and just sitting on it and saying, look, let me just venture to say this. There are so much giftings and talents here that if brought to the world would be making billions. Billions upon billions upon billions. Couldn't we implement this all into the kingdom? You talk about the bus ministry, people who have the ability to drive and transport God's people. And then we have Pastor Nicole right here with everything from the kids right here. Everything from the nursery all the way down to our 6 to 12s. And then from there, they jump right in with the youth of Pastor Kristen and Pastor Allen. And then from there, jump right into the Bible school. Every one of these areas, every one of these areas has a place for someone here. If you say, I can't do it. Oh, thank you. Call center. She was call center, not just worship. You know how many people call into the call center? Nightly. Get prayed for. Signs and wonders and miracles. And then she sits there, testimony upon testimony. You might say, hey, I don't have the best mobility. Do you have a mouth? Yes. Can you speak? Yes. Can you find the scriptures? Yes. Can you pray? Yes. We have a place for you. There is a place for you. There is no place. Nobody can say that there is nothing. I can't do that. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Why? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a place here. And with that, today is an opportunity that we can actually say, Father, I haven't been plugging in, but I know, I know that there's a place here for me. I'm a part of this vision, 10,000 strong. And I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, this is the house that you've called me to. And because I know that this is the place you've called me to, just as I would if it was my own place, my own residence that I was staying in, I would take care of it. There would not be a place in a deficit. 
Because here's the amazing thing. The HELPS ministry really shouldn't run on a student body and doesn't run on a student body. It runs on the members of the local church. Students come to be trained to go do what God has called them to do. But the ministry of HELPS is on the local church. How great would it be? And it is so already, but it's going to even be greater. Why is it going to be greater? Because more and more and more members are saying, "Uh uh-uh, give me an opportunity. Father, I don't care what it is. This is my resting stop before eternity. I'm not going anywhere. And since this is my house, every need that's in it, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to take care of it. Whether it comes from sweeping a drain, blowing a leaf, shaking down a tree, picking up a loose leaf of paper, wiping a baby junior prophet's behind, whatever it is, sign me up. Throwing out a religious person who doesn't want to be repented, I'm down for it. No, I'm just kidding. That every place in every one of these areas has a place for everyone here. And even those members who haven't made it in today. We're talking about even their home visits. Pastor Julie. Pastoral. Visiting those in the hospital. Going to see them. Flip the roles. If you were in the hospital, would you want someone to see you? When I was sick, no one visited me. That would not be our, not here. That's not our pastor's heart. Our pastor loves people. And the ministry of helps is about people. It's all about people. Every aspect about it is about people. So we want to challenge you today that there's an opportunity right after service to say, Lord, I'm not going to reject what I've heard, but I'm coming to plug in. I can at least give you four hours a month. Out of the life that you've given me and the time you've given me, I can at least give you four hours a month, one service a month. You know what one service a month looks like? Because every one of us are a part of going to that 10,000. We are the net. We are the net. I'm not just saying we here. We here are the net. That we won't just let 10,000 slip through. No. We are the net for the structure of the 10,000. And as Pastor Julian, just share with him some of the outreach and then you take from there. Yeah, so we have multiple opportunities to reach, honestly, people that give up on themselves. I can't tell you the amount of times that, that we've had opportunity even just making phone calls where I had, there was this one instance where I was calling a guy on the bus, on the bus excel and it was a lady that answered the phone. She said, wait, I think you got the wrong number. And she was like, I can't believe you're calling me right now. She said, I was literally, like I called into work today. I literally was going to pop some sleeping pills and go lay down with my son and never wake up again. And now you're calling me. And it's realized that it, it, it's a search and rescue. So I was able to pray for the lady. She gave her heart to Jesus. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost and the fire of God came on her radically delivered and we're seeing that across the city i mean even just this week 6800 decisions for christ right here in the city of tampa people are hungry for the things of god people are desperate people are looking to the world and they're coming up short they're coming up empty and it's just amazing i've heard so many testimonies even heard yesterday 
that a family of six Muslims gave their heart to Jesus right there on the spot, took their burqa off right there on the spot. And so we're going into the nursing homes. I mean, we had over, what, 200-something salvations in the nursing homes yesterday and this week. People are giving their heart to Jesus left, right, and center. Even in the prison ministry that we go in and people are desperate and they're so thankful because it's not only about salvation but about the touch of God that we carry everywhere we go and that we're in a revival church not just to sit under revival but to receive revival and carry revival. That you are the revival that people need. And God has such a grace for every single one of us to run our race and for every one of us to be equipped. That's why we have that awesome gospel soul winning script. We're at over 44 million decisions globally, and we really believe in people being trained in this ministry. So every single person under the sound of my voice, if you'd like to be trained, we meet on a regular basis, Monday through Friday, one o'clock in one of the portables, Portable One. We'd love to train you and send you out and teach you how to be a catcher of men, amen? But even now, like there are all of these opportunities that lay before you, everything is connected to eternity. And everything's connected to your heart. So with that said, every, every eye closed, every head bowed, and all of you can be seated, please. We're going to go into a time of something that's very important. But I want you to know that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Even as Pastor Shannon has been sharing about being a servant and have a, having a servant's heart, Jesus, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, humbled himself and took on flesh, was the greatest servant. And came and died in our stead that we don't have to die a sinner's death, even though we all deserve it. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you're watching by way of television, if you're watching on any of the feeds, or if you're here in this room, it's not by happenstance that you're hearing this now. God is a sovereign God. I believe in the sovereignty of God that at the lowest place in my life, at 23 years old, wanting to put a gun to my head after I grew up in church because I didn't know this God that saved my soul. I'd only heard about him. And I want you to know that there's a difference between hearing about God and actually knowing him. You have to have a head-on collision with Jesus. And Jesus will come right where you're at and help you with everything that you're going through. How do I know? Because at 23 years old, at the lowest place in my life, bound to drugs, bound to addictions, wanting to put a gun to my head, somebody came and preached the gospel to me, Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son. I got on my face and I cried out to God. And I remember it like it was yesterday. This almighty God came into my situation in the backwoods of Georgia in a cabin in the woods, and the power of God came on me. And God set me free. He delivered me. But there are people under the sound of my voice that maybe, maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord before. You don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. I want to tell you that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, and you don't have to go to a devil's hell because Jesus paid the price for you. That price is such a heavy price that if, that if we don't run to him to receive it, hell is the only portion. And not one of us is to go to a devil's hell because Jesus has already paid the price. So if you're hearing me right now, and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never laid it all on the altar, if you died today, where would you spend eternity? I tell you that if you call upon the name of the Lord, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come unto the Father but by me. 
It's not in any other name. It's not in Muhammad. It's not in Krishna. It's not in Buddha. People run to those things and they find themselves empty. Buddhists giving their life to Jesus. Muslims running to give their life to Jesus because they're still empty. Jesus is the only name. And if you run to him today, he can set you free. He can save your soul. So if, you, if, if you're hearing me right now, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm not talking about growing up in church hearing about God. I th I'm, I'm faced with it every week. I hear about somebody we prayed with that's in eternity now. I personally had a Bible study many years ago, and we ended up in this guy's home. I, I had invited this guy to church or to the Bible study for three months. He didn't come. He finally came. He got touched. He got saved. He started coming to the River Church. It was a few months after that he had a stroke and passed away. I had the opportunity to do his funeral. And while I'm doing his funeral, I give an altar call. And about in a room full of like 20 to 30 people, 15 people give their heart to the Lord. And the family member came up to me and said, thank you for your ministry. Because he wasn't serving God like he should. And because of your ministry, he's in heaven today. I went to the car and all I could do was weep. Because of the sense of eternity. That God so ordered my steps that there, there's such an impact that this man was able to look at Jesus face to face because of the ministry that he's given unto us. But I want to tell you, that unless you know Jesus as your own personal Savior and you've had an encounter with him, where are you going to spend eternity? I don't want to guess about that. I want to know that I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm right with God. And today's the day to get right with God. And we're going to have an invitation for you to come up and give your life to God. And you've got to be bold, bold as a lion. The Bible said, if you will be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. But if you're bold and you confess me, I'll confess you before my Father and all his holy angels. Maybe number two. Maybe two, you've given your life to the Lord, but you've grown cold. You know you're not serving God like you should. You've allowed the things of the world to hold you back. Lust, pornography, pride, jealousy, unforgiveness, offense. Your relationship with God isn't red hot on fire like you know it should be. That you, you allowed the things of the world, the stony things, the hardness of the heart, and your relationship with God is not on fire like it once was. Jesus even told us in Revelation, be hot or be cold, because the lukewarm will be spit out of the mouth of God. If you're lukewarm today, Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He wants to give you rest. He's not mad at you. He wants to redeem you. The Bible says that now is the day of salvation. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. What happens if today you slipped out of your own body? You laid your head on the pillow. You never woke up again. We need to make sure that we're right with God. This is eternal. This is about your eternal soul. And I want to tell you that no matter where you're at today, that Jesus can restore you. Jesus can help you. He can wash you clean. One of the biggest things that hold people back is, as believers that have grown cold is shame. 
He's not ashamed of you. He wants to help you. His arms are out to rescue you. He's the father to the prodigal son that's ran. And I'm in my prayer as a prodigal son that God saved that many prodigals will come home today in Jesus' name. Maybe lastly, you are saved, but the devil's always lying to you and telling you that you're not saved and you want to make sure that you're right with God. I want to tell you today, the Bible says there's coming a day where we're going to appear before the Lord, Jesus Christ, and he will judge the secrets of men's hearts. It's what's on the inside that counts. It's your rightness before God on the inside that counts, not what other people see. So if you fit into any one of these three categories with an uplifted hand on the count of three, we want to pray with you and for you today. If you fit into any one of these three categories in all boldness, one, two, three, lift your hand and say, pray for me. Look, hands going up all over the place. Anybody else? You say, I got to get right with God. My life with God is not right. Maybe you're even in the church and you say, man, this feels funny, but I know I need to get my life right with God. Listen, God who sees all is the only one that it matters. Because at that time, he's either going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I don't know you. And I just want to know that I'm on the right side of God. All right, you can put your hands down. Everybody look at me. If you're in this section and you want to pray, those, pray that prayer that we're about to pray, and you didn't raise your hand on any one of these three invitations, and you want to say, pray for me, lift your hands right now. Anybody in this section, in the balconies? Anybody else? Anybody else? I see that hand, brother. Anybody else? Amen. If you're in this middle section and you didn't raise your hand on those three that we're about to pray, slip your hand up right now and say, pray for me. Anybody else? Come on, anybody else? In the balconies, say, pray for me, brother. I need prayer. I need to know for sure. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hands going up all over the place. Listen, we're, we mean business with God. This isn't us playing church. Jesus is real, amen? And he's coming back for a glorious church. If you're in this section and you want to pray that prayer that we're about to pray and you didn't lift your hand, lift your hand now and say, pray for me. Anybody else? I see that hand, brother. Anybody else in the balcony? Raise your hand. I want you to do something. Be brave. Be bold. If you raise your hand, stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet right now. If you raise your hand... I'm going to ask you to do something. Come out of that section and come down here to the altar. And we're going to pray a prayer. And if you're watching in your home or on the streams, we're going to do business with God. You can come right on down. Anybody else? Come on down. Come. Come on down. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. This is the moment we have. And we take every opportunity we have to get right with God. If you're coming from the balconies, we'll give you time to get down here. Anybody else? Anybody else? They're coming. They're coming. We'll wait for you. Come on down from the balconies. Anybody else? Jesus is speaking to people right now. 
Yeah. Anybody else? We'll wait for you. This is important. This is one of the most important parts of the service. People getting their hearts right before Almighty God. They're still coming. Let me just say this. There's something about the work of God and the blood of Jesus to know that we can stand before Almighty God washed and cleansed from our sin. And if we don't have that confidence, it's the most rattling thing. I had one of my cousins contact me. This has been some time. And he said, hey, can you pray for your cousin, Heather, while Sherrod, her husband, is at work? She's at home all day. And she doesn't know what's going to happen to her when she dies. And she was just talking and she said, you know, if I died, I don't know what's going to happen to me. And she was very concerned and very worried. And so I called her on the phone and I said, Heather, I said, I want to ask you, if you died today, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt you go to heaven? And she said, Julian, I don't know that. And I said, well, the good news is, Heather, you can know that for sure. And I got to pray for her, and the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I said, and I want to pray with you right now, and God's going to do something. And as I began to pray for her, she gave her heart to the Lord right then and there. And so there's, a, there's this place where people don't know. They're not 100% certain what's going to happen to them. If that's you, if you're not 100% certain that if you breathed out your last breath in this moment, before Almighty God, if you don't know for sure that you're right with God, you need to be down here in this altar in this prayer that we're going to pray. We want to make sure that you're right with God and that every person on that day, amen. So if you're watching by television, if you're watching by YouTube or any of the, of, of the streams, you can pray with us. I want you to remember this, that we came to God, not to man. And we're going to pray a prayer right now to give our hearts to the Lord. The Bible says if you would believe with all of your heart, that Jesus died for you and that he was raised from the dead. And you shall confess him as your Lord and Savior. You shall be saved. So just lift your hands right now and close your eyes. And anybody watching online, you can pray with me now and just say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I believe that you died for me and that you're risen from the dead. I believe you're coming back for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. I follow you, Lord Jesus, all the days of my life. My life is in you. In Jesus' name, I receive all that heaven has for me. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
and amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Now I want everybody to look at me as a minister of most high God. This moment is so holy and so hate and so sacred. The Bible says that all of, all of heaven is rejoicing over one. He's rejoicing over you right now. And because you meant business with God, God means business with you. You're going to have an opportunity today to receive the gift of God. But even some of you maybe even for Bible school, that God will totally change your life. He brought me to Bible school, totally rescued me, changed my life, and brought me into the ministry. But I want you to know right now as a minister of the Most High God, all of your sins are forgiven you right now. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? That means everything that you've done contrary to Christ is washed away. The Bible says you've been justified by faith. And you're now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.